This episode of Combat Learjet Podcast is being sponsored by Pivot, the leader in EFB cases and mounts since 2014. Check them out at pivotcase.com. I personally use the Pivot case and mount every single time I fly. Also check out our aviation apparel at combatlearjet.com. We really appreciate your support. Enjoy the episode. to start off by saying I know it's been a while since we've uh, done the podcast I think we're close to eight nine months been busy wasn't sure I wanted to keep doing it and then Top Gun came out I've been talking with our next guest for a long time I've really been excited to uh, get his story interview him I looked back through our uh, email our DMs and uh, we started talking back in February of 2020. So it's taken us uh, over two years, but we're finally making it happen. So <laughs> I'm thrilled to um, introduce to you Glenn Powell, who played uh, Hangman in Top Gun 2. Glenn, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Dude, I'm so, so thrilled to be here. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I, I know we've talked in the past and we've been back and forth. And I just, uh, I'm super thrilled. I, I, I my, Followers know and listeners know I have definitely seen Top Gun Maverick. It's fantastic. I love it. And I couldn't be more pleased with how you guys pulled that off. It's fantastic. I, I will say you also have the eyes and ears of the entire aviation community. And that was Combat Learjet is legitimately the thing that everybody on a naval base looks at. You are the stamp of everybody of approval for everybody. So it was honestly the first follow. Once I started doing Combat Learjet, Jerry Bruckheimer and Chad Oman were like, you got to follow Combat Learjet. That was their first, <laughs> the first task. That's funny. So you guys have you guys have very uh, dedicated and uh, yeah, loyal followers. I appreciate it. We just tried it. You know, all along, it was just about highlighting aviation and showing how cool it was. And that's really all I've wanted to do. So that's, that's great. I appreciate that feedback. I, I still laugh because it's just me stooging through a lot of this stuff going, Oh, I'll try this. And, um, but it obviously aviation people just can't get enough of it. So absolutely. Now awesome. you've nailed it. Well, Glenn, just, I just like to start with you kind of telling us about your, your history, how you got started, you know, kind of growing up even as, as much as you want to share on some of that stuff. And then maybe how you got into acting and that whole career field. And yeah, I'm just interested yeah. to learn about you. Yeah. I was, uh, I grew up in Austin, Texas. Um, you know, uh, been wanting to do this job for a really long time in terms of acting and whatnot. And, uh, Top Gun was definitely a movie I saw when I was like 10 years old was one of the, those defining movies that for me just kind of represented why movies are so cool in terms of a world I didn't even know existed characters that felt kind of rich and specific and quotable and fun. And, um, you know, I've been, yeah, I've been doing this, I've been doing this for like 23 years at this point, uh, acting and, and, uh, this job takes a long time, but I, I feel like, um, you know, I've had some victories along the way. I, I, I had, uh, Denzel Washington when I was uh, 18 years old, uh, convinced me to move out to LA, uh, after I did a movie with him called the great debaters that he directed. And, and so I owe him a lot for kind of giving me the the courage and, and motivation to move out to Los Angeles. And then, you know, and then you have, you know, periods of, 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 uh, famine that where you're, you're trying to just kind of pay the bills and trying to just kind of stay alive. And then got a movie, uh, you know, expendables three and got scream Queens, which was a, a television show. And then 
everybody wants them with Richard Linklater and, and uh, hidden figures that kind of took things to a new level and just kind of just started building and building. And so getting to finally Top Gun uh, was was a movie that I've wanted to make since I was a kid and, and has definitely been a movie that's changed my life in, in all the best of ways. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, how did how does that kind of come about, you know, for somebody that's not really in the Hollywood how do you get a, a role in Top Gun or how to how, how does that even transpire? You know, I mean, if you are looking at, you know, what you forget about is how many people are in L.A. trying to do this job. Mm. So when you have a movie like Top Gun, everybody wants to be a part of that movie. And so you really get a portrait of and they and they don't really care about names. Like, to be honest with you, like I, they weren't really playing the name game. It was like. Anybody who could potentially audition for this role had a shot at it. So it got pared down, pared down, pared down until it was really down between uh, me and two other actors for this role. And, and uh, yeah, it, just, it was it was a it was just a crazy. And then we tested with Tom and did the whole thing. But it's been a crazy journey to to look back on how what that moment felt like and then what it is now it's it always felt big but i don't think anybody expected it to be what it is now yeah yeah i just i just saw i was reading uh, you probably could update it but i was reading today it said it looked like it's about to hit a billion dollars international is that correct like yeah 900 yeah wow it's uh yeah it's it, it, yeah it's just it's just the numbers have been crazy and to watch it through jerry bruckheimer and and, and tom cruise's eyes who you know, I've spent the last, you know, month on the road with them promoting this movie and to watch them look at those updates and to get calls from them about these moments. Cause you know, you sort of expect they've kind of seen everything, but they're as giddy as anybody about this. They, they can't believe, again, we made this movie. We wanted to make it a love letter to aviation. Yeah. We wanted yeah. the Navy's approval and their love. And we wanted you know, we wanted to get it right and we worked really, really hard to get it right. But the fact that the world has approved of this movie and that it's been so thrilling and emotional and, and it's got romance, it's got drama, it's got all the things that you hope in a blockbuster of this size. And the fact that that people have reacted like this, I, I think they're shocked. And that's been, I, I think, a pinch me moment for me is to watch icons, guys that I've grown up watching. Um unbelievably impressed and, and thrilled by how it's performing. It's, it's, that's, that really puts it in a new light, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I've, a lot of the guys I've talked to have said they've been to see it two and three times already. I mean, yeah. that's a, <laughs> and I just got that number from Paramount. They said that's never, ha- that never happens that like a quarter of the box office or something is repeat watchers. Yeah. Yeah. We're going again. We, uh, yeah. we're, we're trying out a different theater with some different chairs, but, uh, yeah, we definitely plan on going again and it's, <laughs> It's one of those things where it's <laughs> well, it's I think so many people have rewatched it because more than just a cool action movie, especially in theaters, like it's an experience to yes. to watch it and be in the jets with you. Well, yeah. you know what's an interesting thing that I've now realized is like you know I I saw it once uh, you know at Paramount when they just were first showing us this was this was when they was was twenty twenty like March twenty twenty so I saw it two years before <laughs> yeah. anybody yeah. else saw it. And so, and then I didn't get a chance to watch it again, really, until the premiere or like CinemaCon, I think. So, I was like, "Wow, that, I think that was a pretty good movie. Like, I, I think that was pretty good. Like, I, you know, I, I." But and on, on a first watch, it's hard to kind of tell. 
And I feel like audiences are the same. I feel like people's second and third watches are even more enthusiastic because on the first watch, you're just trying to take it all in. Yeah. It's... On the second watch, you really realize everything we did in the back of these jets, it registers in a different way. Instead of trying to catch up, you're really soaking it all in in a moment uh, in, in a way that that is not disorienting. You're really settling in to the aviation aspect, which is, I think, what's blowing people's minds. Everything we do in this movie is in the back of real F-18s. And when you really put that in, in perspective, all every shot that you're seeing you're like, wow, they grabbed this shot with real chase planes and, and, and 30 feet off the deck, 600 knots through canyons. Like that's the, that's the exciting part. I think for people is it's the same thing that I think that people get excited about with mission impossible with Tom is when, you know, he's on the side of a building, you know, 150 stories up when, you know, you know, he's actually driving those motorcycles when, you know, he's holding his breath for eight minutes. Like, it puts it in a new perspective and engages audiences in a different way. So I think for, for aviation fans and just re the regular general audience, I think that second, third watch is what's translating in a way that we appreciate as, as the filmmakers, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. It just, and, and as from an aviation standpoint, and I, I could speak to, you know, all the people that love that is we really appreciate that those were actual flying scenes in shot versus, you know, it's so easy now with all the computers we have to, you know, generate all that stuff, but to go out and get the flying scenes, like you said, is just, to me, that's what made it just incredibly uh, awesome in watching the experience of these airplanes. And as these, is these, the footage kind of comes trickling in from <laughs> these jets, you know, 30 feet off the ground across the desert. I'm like, that's incredible. Absolutely. I mean, some of that stuff from uh, Claudio Miranda and, and Kevin LaRosa, um, you know, it, it, it's the stuff that we weren't allowed to release or, or it was like, you know, all the stuff is very classified. We're not allowed to like run around with our camera phones on a naval base anyway. Yeah. But to shoot these behind the scenes stuff is um, uh, to, to, to be at, to to see it on screen is incredible. But to show people the behind the scenes on what it looks like to have a crew out in the middle of a desert, like a salt bed and watch a, a F-18 go 30 feet off the deck right over them and, you know, pitch up like it really puts it into perspective. You're like, oh, sh yeah, like you guys shot every single bit of this. Absolutely. Like, it's incredible. Yeah. You know? And to watch the reaction of the people filming on the ground, you know, and that dust, oh, yeah. <laughs> dust is getting kicked up. And, every yeah. time. Well, that one of my favorite shots is um, do you remember that Ed Harris shot where the dark star is going over Ed Harris? Yes. That was shot with an F-18. So that was shot with an F-18, then they put the Dark Star body over it. But everything around it, the way it's affecting the environment around it, the way it blew the top off the guard shack, <laughs> how it nearly knocks Ed Harris off his feet. I mean, that thing is flying right over his head. Yeah. And Ed Harris was like a gunfighter, just staring this <laughs> thing down, immovable, and it literally tore the roof off the guard shack. They, I think they only got that twice because the guard shack literally was demolished. Yeah. Is that incredible? Yeah. I have seen that scene where it lifts completely up. You're like, unbelievable. <laughs> it's just seeing it. That's wild. That is crazy. Well, leading into that, um, what, what kind of training did you have to do to prepare for the role? And obviously you worked with the Navy on a lot of that stuff. And then I'm just interested in all that, plus being in the back yeah. seat. And I know you actually flew and how many times, all that kind of stuff. I, I'd yeah. be interested to hear. 
Absolutely. Well, the training, so on Top Gun 1, um, Tom, one of the, you know, his sort of deal points, one of the things that he said was sort of non-negotiable was he wanted to do all the flying in the back of, of an F-14, um, which he was fine with. But when you started getting a lot of the other actors in the back of these planes, people were passing out and puking. None of the footage was usable. And so what started off as like a well-meaning idea to shoot something practically turned out to be just a pukey, sleepy disaster <laughs> right, for everybody. Yeah. So, so Tom, you know, has obviously spent 40 years of a career trying to shoot things practically, shoot things the way an audience will engage with them in the best way. So he said, I want to put real actors in the back of real F-18s and shoot this thing practically. But to do that, he's like, with the G's that we're pulling on this movie, with the aerobatics that we're, the maneuvering, all the stuff that we're doing, there's no way they're going to be able to sustain what I want to put them through without proper training. So Tom designed this flight program that started off in the, uh, the Cessna, went to the uh, Extra 300, the L-39, then moved to the F-18. And essentially the Cessna was just there to teach us the basics of flight, right? To understand takeoffs, landings, sight lines, the, you know, how your body is sort of generally, you know, scraping the horizon, how to properly turn, all those sort of general things. Now the extra 300 was the, was the next guy. And that, that, that aerobatic plane, I think it pull up to upwards of 10 G's, right? So that was supposed to get our bodies, what, what they called G tolerance to get our bodies used to sustaining G's on a regular basis. And that's quick G's, which is in terms of like some of the pop-up maneuvers where you're, you know, hitting seven and a half, eight G's in the movie, you know, those quick maneuvers. And then also these dog fighting things where you're trying to get your nose around on another plane. Those things can last 15 to 20 seconds mm -hmm. of high sustained G's. So that's trying to keep blood in your head for an extended amount of time, which is a lot more brutal. So what we would do is we do these like death spirals with these extra 300s there. Tom put together sort of a checklist of things that you had to do every flight. And it's like, hey, run through this certain scene, do the dialogue, do a bombing run, try to do this maneuver, you know, the pop up, the flip, the drop the bomb, the pull up, work on that. Um, and then also work on these sustained G's and dog fighting. So we simulate up there what those scenes would look like and then just do it over and over and over at even a higher G tolerance than we would need in the F-18 because the G the G's in an F-18 are a little heavier, yeah. but I think they're a little more brutal in the extra 300. Mm. Um, uh, and so we just did that over and over and over. So by the time we got to the L-39, um, we, that's a different, that's more formation flying, but with heavy G's. And then by the time we were on the 18, I mean, we felt very, very prepared. So, and in addition to that, training to get to the f-18 we also had to pass all the swim fizz which means the helo dunker ejection training all that stuff which means we were working with the u.s swim team this guy dave keltheimer who's um who's the u.s olympic swim coach and he was teaching us how to tread water for an extended amount of time proper swim strokes so that when we have all this f-18 gear simulating us punching out over water that we would be absolutely um, able to pass all that stuff. Cause we didn't pass that swim fizz. We wouldn't be able to fly in the back of an F-18. And then I'm sure there's probably a recast scenario yeah. on the horizon yeah. too. Mm. So um, 
yeah, I'm glad we all passed. But that's that really goes back to Tom Cruise and his flight training in the fact that Tom is the most prepared actor I've ever met in my entire life. A guy that thinks through every scenario, how to play it, all that stuff. So there was not one part of that training that didn't have his eye on it. So I, I just don't, I can't imagine going on this ride without Tom being as granular in his care as he was on this movie. Interesting. Well, and that gave you guys some insight to what they're actually doing out there to go through all that training and, you know, and see and experience. And, uh, you know, I know when I first got to pilot training, just you're trying to learn how to fly airplanes and you're pulling high G's and it's hot and you're on your third flight of the day. And, and you're just like, I just don't know if I, I'm going to get through all this, you know, <laughs> totally. it's just, it's crushing me. And, uh, so, <laughs> totally. yeah. Yeah. So I it's mean, a thing in which aviation is such a beautiful thing, but there is this, there is this rough patch of the learning curve where it goes from being, really joyful where it's like this new exciting thing to the actual technique and some of the more brutal sides of flying exactly what you're talking about when you're flying an f-18 twice a day it is the greatest thrill ride in your life and yet the capillaries in your back are bursting because yeah. you're pulling so much you're you can barely stand up it's like you've been through a 10 round fight you got nothing left in your body you're so weak yeah. and you're trying to remember lines and airspeed and altitude and sun position and where this other plane is. And you just have a new respect for not only just aviation, but especially our naval aviators yeah. in terms of, you know, and our men and women in uniform across the board, which is just, this is, these guys have to be engineers and they have to be athletes. They have to be pulling crazy math equations in their head while blood is being drained from that head. Like it's, it's wild to see, I have a new level of respect for everyone in that thing. It's just like you have to be brilliant and yet also tough as nails. And it's just something that we always talked about while we were making the movie. And hopefully, uh, you know, it is portrayed, you know, about these people are are tough, but they're also smart as hell. Yeah. You know, and these are the people that are, you well, know, Navy guys. I don't know. We could argue that. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> no, it's true. There's a lot going on. Did you guys wear G suits, by the way? Yeah, um, we wore G-suits. Some of us, I mean, the thing about the G-suit, I actually preferred not to wear the G-suit. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they required it. Sometimes they didn't. Um, I just felt like the G-suit, I would rather do the hick maneuver and keep blood in my own head than have me squeezed up from my legs like toothpaste. Yeah. Um, which always ended with my breakfast in a bag. You know, <laughs> I just yeah. I just never, I never liked the G-suit. Um you know, just the way it just inflates right on that part of your stomach where you're it, like, it does. Yeah. you know, yeah. it just that that's the purpose of it. But I think we did enough training in the extra that I kind of knew how to not pass out. Yeah, that's great. I when I got the uh, Blue Angel ride, they don't wear the G suit. And no, any time in the past when I had pulled G's, I had a G suit on. So it was I mean, I stayed conscious, but barely I had to. Uh, a couple of really close calls. I thought I was, all right, I'm going to sleep, but, uh, that blue tough. angels ride, which plane did you fly in on blue angels? Number eight. Yeah. yeah so yeah. we just did the, and it was just the one where they take you out as a solo, but we pulled, you know, the max G's and went supersonic, did the whole thing. And it was, it was an <laughs> incredible experience, but man, I, I struggled. I mean, I told you it's, Derek, it's I, tough. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I, I, did an entire movie flying in the back of these jets. And when I flew with the blue angels, 
I couldn't believe I flew in the number four plane, yeah. um, the guy named Tootsie and, uh, and, and he, I mean, I mean, it, it, it was brutal. I was yeah. like so impressed. Cause you're also in top gun. I can kind of tap out. I can pull a maneuver say I'm in control. I'm the pilot in command on all this stuff. So my pilot and I are, are, are interfacing the whole time saying, Hey, here's phase one. Here's phase two. Here's phase three. Here are the lines I'm going to pull. Here's going to be our airspeed, sun position, altitude. Here's where the other plane's going to be, blah, blah, blah. So I can, if I'm not feeling great, I can go, hey, guys, let's take a quick little two-minute breather, and then we'll be good. If you're flying in an air show, which is what I was doing, he's like, yo, if you're on this ride, you are on this ride. There's no stopping. (laughs) So it was was wild. I mean, just uh, again, that's why I'm doing that Blue Angels documentary, that Blue Angels IMAX experience, is after that ride, like watching how they prep for it, watching what their day looks like, knowing who these these folks are and the support team behind them. I had a new level of respect and also just the proximity of these planes inches away from each other, scraping paint. I mean, it's wild. It's like nothing you've ever seen. So to be able to use the technology that we developed on Top Gun and, 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 and I feel like got even better in, in devotion and now to put it on, you know, uh, the, the blue angels documentary and really put audiences in the seats of those blue angels, you know, who are the best of the best. I think I'm, I'm really excited to see how this turns out. We're shooting, we're shooting today, actually. Are you really? I was going to say, yeah. when, when is that As we speak. projected to come out? What, what's the time? Uh, that was supposed there? to be summer 2023. Okay. So, Great. um, I'm, I'm, uh, we're, we're shooting right now. We're covering basically an entire year in the blue angels. Uh, and that, that baton handoff from, you know, uh, the veteran team to sort of the new team. And sort of what that year looks like for that new team. That's awesome. And uh, it's uh, it's really it's been really really incredible. And and uh, Boss Kesterling, who's uh, who's the number one plane, has been incredibly supportive. Um, and he's just uh, he's also just exactly who you want as a number one plane. He's like John Wayne. He's he's like tall, <laughs> cool, handsome, well spoken, yeah. emotional, hilarious. He's just the best. And. Um, and he really cares about the blues and um, it's, it's hard not to feel his passion when you're in, you know, when you're around him. That's great, man. I look forward to that too. that will be another one that I, I know people want to come out. That's fantastic, man. There's just so much stuff there, so much to capture. I mean, we could talk probably for hours on what you're, <laughs> what you experienced through all that. Did you, uh, one of the questions that come up, did you get your private pilot's license out of the, I did. Did yeah. you? Fantastic. I did. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I'm flying the 172 and the SR22, um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and uh, which has been great, you know, to have a pilot's license, um, uh, especially during the pandemic, was absolutely incredible. I mean, I always, I always have looked at pilots as like the true explorers. Like, you know, when you're when you're booking a commercial flight or where you're trying to do, you know, road trip or somewhere, you're 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 limited. You're limited by that, but the these planes, when you just you know take a plane and land in the middle of nowhere, you're truly exploring. You just yeah. call yeah. up the tower, you put it down, and and you go find beautiful corners of the planet that you couldn't have have seen before. Um, so that's just been such a great gift. I can't say gas prices have been my friend, no. uh, but but I will say uh, I will say having that pilot's license has been um, absolutely incredible. And one thing that I just want to continue uh, using for the rest of my life. Well, that's great. And that was the next question. Are you planning on continuing on maybe getting instrument rating and 
going further down? Yeah, right before Top Gun Press kind of took over my life, I, I was really close to um, getting my IFR. Um, yeah. But uh, I will definitely finish that up. Unfortunately, I'm kind of getting dragged back into... Uh... That's hilarious. <laughs> that, by the way, there was like a... It's like a little, uh, like a moped with like a band on the back of it. Uh, that's um, funny. <laughs> that was specific. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, th- that, that is something that, you know, getting your IFR also now training for it, I'm, I'm, and, and studying for it. I've realized that's, that's a game changer to get your yeah. IFR. Yeah. VFR is, is, is great. You know, allows you to do some stuff, but it really, IFR really simplifies the whole thing, um, makes, and also just makes flying with passengers uh, a lot safer, which is, you know, something I've, um, been a little more hesitant to, uh, bring family members on trips in which I'm flying through potentially more treacherous terrain and conditions and weather and stuff like that, because, you know, you want to keep your family alive. You never want to be that story. Yeah. You know, you, you see people all the time where uh, they get cocky in that airplane and, 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 and overconfident uh, with the with the lives of others. And I, I never want to be that guy. So yeah. I want to I'm going to make sure I'm um, feeling feeling like a prepared and pessimistic pilot in every way <laughs> so that we can, you know, get, you know, bring people along for that journey. But obviously keep everybody. Safe. That's great. Do you, do you have your own airplane or are you just are you still? I don't. Yeah. I don't. I got to I got to get hired for a few more movies. Before well, I, I gotcha. Them. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's part of it down the road too. So that's awesome. I, I had another question back to top gun. How did you get your call sign or was that in there? Yeah. Did you have a say in that or just curious on all that? And then, so, so my original call sign in the movie was Slayer. Um, and so Slayer, you know, they liked, they liked some of the aspects of Slayer, but then when I went to Fallon, Nevada, we had a we had a briefing with uh, Pops, who is the uh, CEO at Top Gun, and then we, you know, you had all these uh, these pilots basically do presentations on what it is to be a naval aviator and different aspects of it, from the physics to it to what call sign represents to the different places on a base like the O bar and what the terms are for them and how to know. So they they walked us through everything so that we were walking and talking like real naval aviators. And one of the first things that they told us, they go, um, a, here's the difference between an Air Force call sign and a Navy call sign. You know, uh, Navy call signs are things like peanut, zaddy, you know, <laughs> toto, whatever. And, and Air Force call signs are things like blazer, laser, spine ripper, slayer. And I was <laughs> like, oh, no. I was like, they used my call sign. They didn't know my call sign at this point. They used it in the Air Force definition. Yeah. So immediately I went to Joe Kaczynski uh, and Tom and Chris McQuarrie and said, guys, um, I got to change my call sign. Like there's no way I got to have the Air Force call sign in, in a Navy movie. Yeah. So they said, absolutely. We totally agree. It's up to you. You figure it out. Right. So what I ended up doing is I ended up going down to San Diego and, and linking up with um a few fighter pilot buddies, uh, you know, and, um, we, we ended up grabbing dinner over the course of a few nights and looped more people into it. And there was this guy, uh, my buddy, uh, who, who had met at a bachelor party. I, I, I known his call sign as Huggy. Um, but I found out, he told me that that was actually wasn't his first call sign. His first call sign was noose. 
And I was like, why do they call you Noose? And it's from this story when he was in middle school um, that my buddy, who was, it was his bachelor party, my buddy Josh, it was his bachelor party in Vegas. Um, and that's how they knew each other since they were in middle school. And I found out in middle school, uh, the guy Noose uh, was going to a dance. And there was this girl that he really liked. And he was a little nervous uh, about getting too excited while dancing with her. <laughs> so he basically took this shoelace from, from his, his shoes and he tied his thing around his leg <laughs> and he noosed it up, right? He like cinched it up, <laughs> and tied it around and it got stuck. He pulled it too tight, basically gave himself a noose <laughs> and his buddy had to cut him out of, of, and so he got the call sign when they found that out, they got the call sign noose. So I basically, Love the idea of doing like a, a kind of a Western cool call sign, but you always want it to have a fun background because that's what makes a Navy call Absolutely. sign so screwing up on something. So I was like, okay, I can make, I can turn noose into hangman. And that's, that's where it, you know, we were kind of playing with that idea. And Chris McCory, who's the writer was really the, uh, the brain behind that. So we, we teamed up on, uh, on hangman. And then I got to design the logo where it's like the H underscore N G, you know, N yeah. underscore yeah. N. That was one of the things that I, uh, they wanted my character to kind of be emblematic of who Maverick was in the first movie, which is kind of cocky and fun. And, you know, I guess what the kids would call BDE, uh, these days. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, that's, that's how I designed that, uh, that, uh, that design for my helmet. That's awesome. Yeah. an air force guy say, make sure you ask him if you was the second letter at some point. I that, that was the reason that I made it. Uh, first off, first off, I always wanted the hangman to not feel like too aggressive. Cause again, like I wanted to be very Navy and I felt like hangman as a name could be considered a little too aggressive and a little too air force. So that's why I tried to gamify it by putting the, yeah. you know, making it more of the game hangman. Uh, about, you know, and, and keep kind of a question mark on it, making you kind of lean in, but then also making sure those specific vowels were left out. <laughs> Hangman, hungman, whatever, yeah. That's awesome. Well, and I noticed they made a reference to you in the movie saying, Hey, he, he'll leave you hanging or something to how yeah. you got your call sign. At least they address that. So. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, in, in, at the time I was like, I mean, that's not it, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, but then, but then, um, it really is for, you know, a spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen the movie. But, you know, that's the great plant and payoff of that is at the beginning, he's the guy who leaves you hanging at the end. He's the guy who definitely doesn't leave you hanging. Yeah. Well, and, you know, just to the back to the movie, the thing I really appreciate on top, obviously, the flying scenes. But I loved all the subtle throwbacks to the first one. There's so yeah. many great things. And that's why I look forward to going and seeing again and catching a lot of just all the little things that you had to pay attention to that, uh, you know, just everything from the bike that he pulled out from underneath the cover to there's a lot of great stuff. You know? Amazing. Yeah. Well, and, and that, that was something that I really learned from, I mean, Jerry Bruckheimer is one of the greatest producers. I would say he's probably on the Mount Rushmore of great film producers. Mm. I mean, that guy has given the world some of the most fun movies, cinematic movies of all time. Some of my favorite movies. And, Watching how he and Tom, Joe Kaczynski, Chris McQuarrie, all of these titans of the business were discussing how to give audiences that 
that strong dose of nostalgia, that sentimentality without feeding the audience something they knew was going to happen when they knew it was going to happen. Um, that you do not want, you do not want to give them those moments when it, exactly when they expect it. Yeah. You have to give them those moments subtly where the real fans are leaning into it. But people who have not seen this movie, it doesn't distract from the plot. It doesn't take away from anything, but the real fans can even just Penny Benjamin, right? Who yeah. Is, that, that's Jen a great Connelly's one. character. It's yeah. a great, it's a great thing because you do not need to know who Penny Benjamin is to yeah. enjoy this movie. And yet if you, if you know who Penny Benjamin is from the first movie, it adds a whole new complexity to it in such a great way. Um, so it's like, and it really like, and, and that's for, you know, the second, third, fourth watches and people who are now watching the first movie because they've loved the second movie. Yep. Um, yep. there's all those little aspects to it. So I have to, I have to give, you know, our brain, brain trust on that movie, all the credit, because I think people really appreciate those Easter eggs because they were given to them in a way that was, was there was so much thought put into it to make sure even just like the football montage, right? Yep. Yep. You're like, I right, can't do volleyball again. You know, we can't do playing with the boys again, playing with the boys. That's, ex- you know, that song feels dated now and it doesn't really, we tried it and you were like, wait, when does this movie take place? So to do update it with a new song to make it football, to not make it, you know, the same sort of, uh, the nature of what the same sort of environment was, this was more of like a team building exercise within it. So we still served up that thing, which is the first question I got when people found out that I was going to do this movie. They said, is there a, is there a, is there a beach volleyball scene? (laughs) It was like, before are you flying in real planes? It was like, are you playing beach volleyball? So it was something that we knew we needed in this movie, but you had to serve up that goodness without, the ex not not feeling like it was tacked on just purely for nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, that was that was all great. I uh, I was just looking back as I as I talked about in our DMs and talking and how was obviously this we've now since forgotten, but I just I know we talked a lot like oh it's coming out and oh no then it's delayed and I mean it ended up working out perfect and everybody could come and, and see it. I know it was it was hard for a lot of people. I. I even sent you one one time. I'm getting lots of feedback on. We wanted to come out, and uh, yeah. So how was how hard was that kind of waiting through all that process, and uh, you know, till you finally got it to be released for everybody could, to see. Yeah, it's very tough. It's very tough um, as an actor. You know, obviously Tom is incredibly established. He's one of the greatest movie stars, if not the greatest movie star of all time. So you know, pushing things don't doesn't change very much for him. But for some of the young actors, you know, this is this is something that, you know, it changes your career, right? Yeah. It, it, yeah. it changes the way you get to select movies and what you get to be a part of and which filmmakers are reaching out to you and all those things. What if a studio is willing to green light your movie, all, all those, all you know, it's like it's really, really hard to have excitement and momentum in Hollywood. So when you when you have something in your pocket that, you know, can change your life in, in that way it's frustrating every time it got pushed. However, every time I got a call from Tom and I saw Tom, I was like, Oh man, I hope this is us pushing again. And every time it was, he was so graceful about it and so cool about it. Yeah. In the fact that he said, guys, we just got to wait for the world to show this thing to the world in the right way. 
There's going to be a time for it. There's going to be after this pandemic, there's going to be a moment where the world is ready for this movie. They can embrace this movie and they can fill the theaters up in the way that this movie deserves. You cannot put this thing on a streamer. We will never put this on a streamer. We will wait till as long as it takes. So I got to give Tom so much credit Yeah. because he Babe Ruthed it. He pointed to the fence and he hit it out of the park and he said, wait, wait for it. Wait, wait for the right pitch. And I'm going to, I'm going to deliver and, and thank God we delivered and we delivered at the right time because I feel like the world is celebrating movies in a way that I haven't seen in a long time. I think the world wants to experience those things together. And the amount of people that have come up to me in the last three weeks saying, thank you for saving the movies is outrageous because before this, I mean, if you guys remember during the pandemic, it's like all these streamers, just, you know, kind of eclipsed you. They were already calling all these studios, legacy studios, like, you know, okay, well, I'm not sure if the theater, what the theater business is going to be. And Top Gun, you know, has really reminded folks why we make big movies, you know, that can transcend and be played around the world and affect audiences around the world. And what it's like to be in an, uh, an audience full of people who are all cheering and crying and reacting the same way. I mean, it's, it's a magical experience. It's the reason I got into this business. And to deliver a movie that 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 gives that experience to the world again, especially when a lot of people, especially theater owners, were facing their mortality, I think it's a really special thing. So I encourage everybody to see this movie in the theaters while they still can. Absolutely. It's and we talked about it, Derek and I, it's it's an experience uh, going to see it in the theater. It's it would not be the same at home streaming it on my no way. 60 inch TV, you know? So we, we went to see it in IMAX and got the full one. And the next theater we're going to has speakers in the seats and the seats move and the whole thing. So you're, you're getting the total experience on this thing. So, you know, I have, I have a buddy who's a stand up uh, comedian is Brent Morin. And he, he, uh, he told me, he said, um, the, the worst I've ever felt about myself, was in the 4DX seats yep. that shake. He's like, in the beach football scene, Some for some reason, my chair was shaking. <laughs> and he's like, I just had a big meal, so my stomach was just jiggling. And I'm stuffing my mouth full of popcorn. So he's like, I'm covered in butter and salt. And my belly's jiggling while you guys are all like shredded on this beach <laughs> scene. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's uh, well, that's where we're going. So that's, that's, that's hilarious. So good. Yeah. Well, that's great. And I, I, I wanted, before we left, to update, to definitely touch on, I know you're busy. Um, Devotion, uh, I'm excited about that one too. Um, it it the same film, the same uh, you know Kevin Larosa and those folks filmed that as they did Top Gun. So I, I think it feels to me like you guys are going to bring that same level of flying uh, into Devotion that Top Gun has. So I would mm-hmm. I'd just like to hear a little about that. Yeah, Devotion is um, you know best selling book by Adam Makos. A true story about Tom Hudner and Jesse Brown takes place in the Korean War. And it's crazy when you think about how few movies Mm -hmm. have been made about the Korean War over the course of time. One of these, like, you know, a a seminal war that I think so many people gave their lives to that really embodies what the United States military is and was brutal on a level that I don't think anybody really understood. My grandfather served in the Korean War, Mm -hmm. so I heard all the stories. To, to put that on screen and to do it with these real warbirds, we're, we're flying the Bearcat, we're flying the Corsair, um, you know, and, and, and a lot of these, these planes that no one's ever seen on screen before. 
Hmm. which is kind of crazy. And we had, you know, Steve Hinton, who is, you know, we had his talents on Top Gun. Uh, you know, he and Kevin LaRosa, Steve Hinton sourced all these planes from around the world because these are, you know, these are collectors. These people are flying them in air shows. Maybe they're collecting them. Maybe they're flying as a hobby. So unlike Top Gun, where we had, we were literally doing a co-production with the Navy. On, on Devotion, we had to find real Corsairs, real Bearcats, and all these different planes. I was flying in a Sea Fury a lot of this this movie. And, and to be doing that... And they're also very dangerous planes. The altitude that we're flying all these planes, like it's a different deal when an F-18 has a bird strike or a mechanical problem. There's there's a different level of thrust with these planes. The things that can go wrong, it's very old planes with old parts. It's just a different level of risk yeah. that goes with it. Um, and you're also not having things maintained by a huge fleet of, of you know, uh, the, the, the support crew in the Navy are the best support crew in the entire world. And then on this, we are just, it's, it's, it's a support crew of, of aviation fanatics. Yeah. Still good, but just a little less reliable yeah. in terms of the precision. So when you see some of these aviation sequences in devotion and putting these, you know, Corsairs, you know, exactly like we were talking about with the blue angels, like just getting them inches away from each other on some of these bombing missions and whatnot. Um, it's just really incredible. It's a cinematic movie. I liken it to sort of like how I feel about like saving private Ryan in terms of you're like, wow, this really puts history in perspective in a new way. Mm. Um, I feel like this movie does that. So, and it's a, it's just a beautiful story. It was directed by JD Dillard, um, who I think is going to be the next Spielberg. Um, And, and just, it's just been, it's just, it's just one of those moving movies. It's, it's, it's not trying to be Top Gun. It's totally different. Top Gun's rock and roll. You know, that's a yeah. that's a different thing. And 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 this movie is is much more of a of a character story about a real time period and a real place in, in history. Um, so they couldn't be any more different from each other, but um I think it's really gonna move audiences. And I'm I'm hoping with the with how people have found themselves wanting to be pilots and having a new love of aviation, I'm hoping devotion only contributes to that narrative and, and that sort of appetite. That's awesome. So excited, man. And we're, we're in for two treats this year. So it's, yeah. And I think that's around October that's coming out. Is that Yeah. Right? That'll be coming out. Uh, okay. yeah, I think like October, like, yeah, first or second week of October. So Fantastic. yeah, it'll, it'll go wide and hopefully we'll get to, you know, send it up to all the, the Navy folks. I mean, it, it's a very well-known story in the Navy, hmm. but to bring this story, to the world is going to be really special. When I did hidden figures, you know, um, about those women who were sort of responsible for, you know, that historic launch, um, who are the women, you know, behind John Glenn, who did all that, the math that made that moment possible. Um, even people in NASA had no idea who they were, hmm. had no idea who Catherine Johnson was. So I, the fact that, that, um, we are able to do the same thing for Jesse Brown, and for Tom Hudner to bring that story to the world is just a, it's a great honor. It's a great story. Adam, I love Adam. He's a good friend of mine and he's, uh, he's written some incredible books. So he's, he is, he is one of the most kind and the, one of the smartest people. I just hope that guy keeps writing books because he just finds these stories that are so crucial, you know, and, and now I think his following is getting to the point, especially post devotion where I'm really hoping, um, you know, he has all the, 
ammo and, and assets to, to continue doing that yeah. for real. He Obviously. has some other books out there that would be great movies too. So I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Higher call. That would be uh, anyway, it, it, it would be awesome. That's great. Well, one last question for you. Just how's your life changed Glenn since, since this kind of hit the streets? I, I know I'm just curious on like, okay, I was living this way and then all of a sudden Top Gun went out and I've been following you on social media and it looks like you're just going like crazy right now. Um, yeah. I got back from Korea at uh, 2 a.m. last night. Wow. Uh, wow. So I'm uh, actually a little more lucid and awake than I thought I'd be. I was like, oh man, I hope, <laughs> I hope the boys are able to no, put up with man. me. Um, I, uh, life, you know, I'll, I'll say this is, is it's been the best case scenario in terms of I don't feel like my personal life has taken a hit at all. I don't feel like, um, you know, my privacy has been sacrificed too much and uh, knock on wood, but, you know, but I do feel like within the business and within, you know, Hollywood, I feel like I finally have uh, the political capital and again, the ammo to kind of make, make decisions and choices and have, um, you know, some really exciting things on the horizon. So I feel, I feel very grateful. This whole experience, um, you kind of never know what these things are going to be. This was sort of just, you gotta, you gotta jump in with both feet and, and, you know, and hope and just hope for the best, but it's been, it's been perfect. It's been really amazing to watch also watch Tom, uh, promote a movie, you know, promote and promote a movie that he was so nervous about making, Mm -hmm. you know, a, a new, a movie he was like, I don't know how I'm going to beat it. Like, I don't know how we can raise the bar on this thing. How are we going to do it? And the fact that he's on the other side of this thing and people are saying it's better than the first one. I mean, it's just, it was really amazing to watch one of my heroes go on that victory lap around the world and, and be next to him. Yeah. Yeah. I know he's a, he's involved in all that, putting it all together. That's pretty amazing. Seeing, seeing all that happen and, did you get a ride in his Mustang? Just a side note, by any chance? The uh, the Mustang? Yeah. Uh, no, I rode with him in in his Honda Jet. I don't think I ever yeah. rode with him in the P fifty one. Yeah. No, I never did. I never so, did. That's awesome. Uh, but by the way, he's offered many times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you, you don't want to ride in a P fifty one after you've done two F eighteen flights for that day. You're like, that's the last thing I want to do is get back and do aerobatics with Tom Cruise. Yeah, you're like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> how so how many yeah, flights did you end up having in the F eighteen? Obviously. It, a lot more than I anticipated. That's a great, that's a great, uh, question. Um, I, I mean, maybe 30 hours. Wow. That's quite a maybe bit. Maybe more. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a lot of hours. It's a lot yeah. of hours. I mean, yeah. also when you add in all the other hours, flight hours that we had, you know, done up until that point and all these other aircraft, and then you add, you know, what we did in the 18, um, it's even more, it's even more impressive. Cause like, I basically just had to do the ground school. I, I knew everything there was to know about flying, uh, after this movie. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're really busy. We oh, wanted man. to just so give everybody a, a taste of what kind of was behind the scenes stuff, a top gun. And I think there was a lot of cool stuff I heard today that I had no idea. So. It's, well, you also have a, a, a listenership and, 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 and a fan base that I think I'm able to like talk in a different way than I normally would be able to yeah. talk to the normal press because you guys understand things that I don't think the normal listener understands. Yeah, they're, they, they love exactly. this. And like I said, the, the re- it, it has been, uh, it's been loved from everything I see. You know, oh. people are just nuts about it. Anytime I post anything at all, it's just ongoing. 
So well, Keith, thank you for and, being such a fan of it too. I appreciate you. Uh, you, you, the, everybody on the movie is very, very grateful for everything you've done for us. Uh, absolutely. It's, uh, it's my honor. I'm very glad. And, and maybe we can talk again after devotion. I, I'm excited to absolutely. have that come out. I would too, love that. So. Absolutely. Love well, thanks Glenn. Thanks for your time. Thanks for uh, the insight. I really appreciate it. Of course guys. Well, let's do this again very, very soon. All right. Sounds good, buddy. Sounds Thank good. you. All right.